0: True crime, unsolved cases, strange disappearances. Join me as we travel through the timeline of some of the darkest acts in human history. I'm your host, Kevin Eustace, and welcome to the second season of The Deadly Countdown. Episode 4. Harold Shipman, doctor of death. Police in Tameside in Greater Manchester are investigating the deaths of 20 people who are all patients of the same GP. The GP involved in the inquiry is Dr Harold Shipman, who has practised in this surgery in Hyde for more than 20 years. Police say that this is not a murder investigation and no-one has been charged or arrested. What you've just heard was from August 1998 and it was a BBC local news report about an investigation into the GP known as Harold Shipman. As you heard in that report, at that time, nobody had an idea of the severity of what would unfold over the next few years. Little did anyone know, at that time, Harold Shipman would become known as potentially the most prolific serial killer in UK history. But before we take a deep dive into this most unbelievable of tales, I'd like to tell you all about our wonderful team over on Patreon. We're fast building a wonderful community of like-minded true crime enthusiasts over on Patreon, and not only will they receive each episode both early and ad-free, but they can also access a Patreon-only podcast, Cold Case, which comes out every fortnight, taking a closer look at some of the most intriguing cold cases throughout history. Last week's episode, we gave you a sneak peek at our Cold Case episodes when we looked at the disappearance of the Sodder children, and we've also covered the likes of D.B. Cooper and the Black Dahlia murder. So, if you'd like to join our growing team over at Patreon, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash Countdown. Just like the following wonderful new team members have. Aaron J, Pete Lynch, Betty, arguably two, Frederick, Andrew P, and Amelia. Thank you so much, guys. Your support truly means the world. And I hope you enjoy all of those cold case episodes and, of course, the early ad-free releases of The Deadly Countdown. But right now, have a think about the people you trust most in this world. People whose advice you will pay attention to. You may think of parents, teachers, people in authority. One of those people, most certainly for me, would be my doctor. But what happens when your doctor is quite literally out to kill you? Today, we look at a murderer who not only changed how UK medicine is practised, but also is theorised to be responsible for over 250 deaths. And so, for Harold Shipman, the doctor of death, let's start The Deadly Countdown. The story of Harold Shipman is not just a tale of murder and deceit, but a sombre reflection on trust, authority, and the shadows that lurk in our human psyche. As a trusted physician, Shipman was a figure of respect and confidence. Yet, beneath this facade, lurked a sinister predator. How could a man sworn to save lives become an agent of death? What drives a mind to betray the most sacred of human bonds? These questions beckon us as we delve into the life of Harold Shipman, a name that now evokes both horror and intrigue. In this exploration, we're not just recounting events were unravelling a mystery that shook the very foundations of the medical profession and the trust that we place in it. As we go through his life, from his early days to his ghastly crimes, let's keep our minds open to understanding not just the what and the how, but also the elusive why. This tale, as dark as it is, does hold lessons, warnings, and insights into our human condition. So let's take ourselves into a world where the line between healer and killer blurs, where trust turns into betrayal, and where the most ordinary of settings becomes the stage for chilling acts. This is the story of Harold Shipman, a tale that compels us to question, reflect and remember. Harold Frederick Shipman, born into a working-class family in 1946 in Nottingham, England, seemed an unlikely figure to become one of the most prolific serial killers in recorded history. His upbringing marked by an average childhood, gave no sinister premonitions of the dark path he would eventually tread. Shipman was notably close to his mother, Vera, who suffered from terminal lung cancer and passed away whilst he was a teenager. The impact of her illness and death, during which he witnessed her pain being alleviated by morphine, is speculated to have played some pivotal role in his later crimes. Shipman's academic journey in medicine began at Leeds School of Medicine, where he graduated in 1970. His career as a GP started in Todmorden, Yorkshire, and it was here that the first signs of troubling behaviour surfaced. In 1975... Shipman was fined for forging prescriptions of pethidine for his own use, revealing an early abuse of professional privilege and an unsettling glimpse into his disregard for the ethical boundaries of his profession. Despite this setback, Shipman continued his practice in Hyde, Greater Manchester, establishing himself as a respected member of the community. His patients viewed him as a caring and attentive doctor, unknowingly placing their lives in the hands of a man whose compassionate facade masked a growing predilection for murder. In this seemingly ordinary setting, the stage would be set... ...for a series of events that would later stun the nation. Shipman's transition from a trusted medical professional... ...to a cold-blooded killer... ...was gradual and insidious... ...raising questions about the ease with which he exploited... ...the trust and vulnerability of his patients. In this extended exploration of Shipman's descent into criminality we'll uncover the insidious nature of his actions, cloaked under the guise of medical care. His victims, primarily elderly women living alone, were often found dead in their homes, seemingly succumbed to natural causes. This deceptive tranquility masked a much more sinister truth, because Shipman's method was harrowingly precise he administered lethal doses of diamorphine, exploiting both his medical expertise and the trust his patients placed in him. Diamorphine, known more commonly as heroin, metabolises swiftly, complicating post-mortem detection, especially in cases where no foul play is suspected, i.e. the elderly. The initial victims whose deaths raised the first flags included the likes of Kathleen Grundy, a former mayor's widow. Her demise in June '98 was the critical turning point. You see, Shipman had forged Grundy's will to benefit himself, a glaring anomaly that prompted her family to alert the authorities. This act of greed, deviating from his usual pattern of killing without apparent personal gain, was a pivotal misstep leading to his exposure. Her death on June 24th, 1998, was initially deemed natural. But the subsequent discovery of the forged will in Shipman's favour set off the alarm bells. Grundy's family, particularly her daughter, Angela, who was a lawyer, found the will overly suspicious and alerted the police, triggering an investigation that would ultimately reveal a horrifying pattern of murder. Suspicion around Shipman intensified when a local undertaker, Alan Massey, noted an unnaturally high number of deaths... ...among Shipman's patients. They observed a pattern in both the number... ...and the circumstances of the deaths... ...which were strikingly similar. Their concerns, coupled with those from bereaved families... ...catalyzed a closer scrutiny of Shipman's practice. Amidst this facade of normality... ...Shipman's demeanour remained composed his interactions with patients and their families seemingly unaffected by his hidden agenda. This chilling duality, a caring physician in the public eye and a cold-blooded killer in the shadows, raises profound questions about both human nature and morality. The psychology behind Shipman's crimes is a maze of speculation. Was it a pathological need for control, a God complex, or something more unfathomable? In truth, especially considering how he avoided serving his penance, shall we put it, as we'll cover later, we will never know the thinking behind Dr Harold Shipman. But as the investigation into Shipman's activities intensified a disturbing pattern began to emerge, one that would eventually lead to his own conviction. The police, spurred on by the suspicious circumstances surrounding Kathleen Grundy's death in June 1998, expanded their investigation to include other patients who had died under Shipman's care. And this scrutiny revealed a deeply troubling pattern. Investigators meticulously reviewed medical records, death certificates of patients, all within the Hyde area, focusing on those who'd been under Shipman's care. What they uncovered was a staggering number of deaths, far exceeding normal expectations for one GP's patient demographic. Many of these deaths... Eerily similar to Grundy's, involved elderly women who'd been found dead in their homes shortly after a visit from Shipman. The timeline of these deaths clustered around Shipman's visit was a critical red flag. Further analysis revealed that the common denominator in most of these cases was the administration of diamorphine, heroin. Shipman had been using his medical knowledge and access to the drug to administer lethal doses to his patients. Among the victims was 81-year-old Muriel Grimshaw, who passed away in July 97, and 85-year-old Ivy Lomas, who died in May 1997. Both cases initially appeared to be natural deaths. But, upon closer examination, they fit the emerging pattern of Shipman's killings. These were just two names in a long list of victims that would eventually lead to the conviction of Dr Harold Shipman. The scale and consistency of the deaths painted a grim picture of a serial killer operating under the guise of a trusted medical professional. Shipman's methodical approach to selecting and executing his victims demonstrated a chilling level of premeditation and exploitation of his position of trust. The true breakthrough in the case came with the exhumation of Kathleen Grundy's body. A post-mortem examination revealed lethal levels of heroin confirming that her death was not natural. This finding was a pivotal moment in the case and provided the concrete evidence needed to arrest Shipman. And so, on September 7th, 1998, Harold Shipman was arrested, bringing an end to his reign of terror over the community of Hyde. However, the scale of his crimes began to unfold as the investigation continued. It was not just the number of victims that shocked the nation, but the sheer audacity and callousness of his actions. Shipman had abused his position of trust in the most egregious manner, preying on the most vulnerable people in society. The investigation revealed not only the extent of his crimes, but also the failures in the systems meant to protect patients. His ability to carry out these murders, undetected for so long, raised serious questions about the oversight of medical professionals and the systems in place ...to monitor prescription drugs. But Shipman's arrest... ...turned the narrative from suspicion... ...to concrete evidence. It also marked the beginning... ...of a long and complex legal process... ...as the authorities sought to bring justice... ...to the families of the victims... ...and ensure such a tragedy... ...would never happen again. Harold Shipman's trial which commenced on October the 5th, 1999, was a landmark event in British legal history. Not only for the heinous nature of the crimes, but also for the sheer number of victims involved. Shipman faced charges for the murder of 15 patients. And although he was only tried for 15 patients, now, many years on it's widely believed that number exceeds 250. The prosecution presented a meticulously constructed case built on a combination of medical evidence, forensic pathology and expert testimony. A key piece of evidence was the analysis of Shipman's prescribing patterns, which revealed an unusually high prescription rate 4-diamorphine. Additionally, the testimony of relatives of the deceased, painting a disturbing pattern of Shipman's visits coinciding with the sudden deaths of his patients. One of the most compelling pieces of evidence was, of course, the forged will of Kathleen Grundy, the initial red flag. The prosecution argued that this act of forgery indicated a motive beyond mere killing, a disturbing inclination towards personal gain. Shipman, maintaining his innocence throughout, presented his defence, attempting to explain the medical reasoning behind his actions. However, his explanations often conflicted with medical norms and failed to convince the jury about his innocence. The trial was a complex and emotionally charged affair, with the families of victims seeking closure and justice for their loved ones. The public and media scrutiny added to the intensity, as the nation grappled with the reality of a trusted doctor committing such unthinkable crimes. On January the 31st, 2000, after a six-day deliberation, the jury found Harold Shipman guilty of 15 counts of murder and one count of forgery. He was sentenced to life imprisonment, with the judge recommending that he never be released. This verdict itself marked a significant moment in the pursuit of justice... Bringing some measure of closure to the families of the victims, though the scars left by Shipman's actions would forever remain. The trial and conviction of Harold Shipman raised profound questions about the oversight of medical professionals and the mechanisms in place to protect patients. It highlighted the need for more stringent checks and balances. ..within the medical community, leading to a number of reforms in the way deaths are certified and investigated in the UK. The psychological profile of Harold Shipman presents a complex and unsettling puzzle. Despite extensive analysis by experts, his motives and thought processes remain largely enigmatic, shrouded in layers of deceit and detachment. What drove a seemingly competent and caring doctor to become one of the most prolific serial killers still remains a subject of intense speculation and debate. As touched on earlier, one of the prevailing theories suggests a God complex may have influenced Shipman's actions. This psychological condition... Characterized by an overinflated sense of one's power and ability, could explain his seeming need to control life and death. This hypothesis is supported by the manner in which he chose his victims and the methodical nature of his killings, which suggested a desire for dominance over his patients. Another perspective considers the possibility of psychological gratification derived from the act of killing. Some experts propose that Shipman may have experienced a sense of thrill or pleasure in exercising the ultimate power over his victims, a concept often found in the psyche of serial killers. Additionally, the aspect of financial gain, as evidenced in the case of Kathleen Grundy introduces another potential motive. While not a predominant pattern in his killings, this instance indicates that monetary benefit might have been a secondary motivation for Shipman. Comparisons with other notorious serial killers reveal some startling similarities, particularly in the methodical planning and execution of their crimes. However, Shipman's ability to disguise his murders as natural deaths and his position of trust as a doctor sets him apart, highlighting a unique level of deceit and manipulation. The psychological impact of Shipman's crimes extends beyond his own motives. His actions have had a profound effect on public trust in the medical profession, the betrayal of such a sacred trust has led to a lingering sense of wariness, scepticism even, towards healthcare providers, a testament to the deep rooted impact of his crimes. In summary, while Shipman's precise psychological makeup remains a matter of conjecture, it's clear that a combination of a desire for control, possible thrill seeking, and opportunistic financial gain all played roles in his criminal behaviour. His case, therefore, serves as a grim reminder of the potential for evil that can reside behind a facade of professionalism and even care. Following the case of Harold Shipman, the UK introduced several reforms aimed to restore public trust and ensure a higher degree of accountability within the medical profession. The case prompted a re-evaluation of legal procedures related to medical malpractice and murder. It highlighted the need for better mechanisms to detect and prevent similar crimes, leading to increased scrutiny and more robust safeguarding measures in healthcare settings. In the wake of Harold Shipman's trial, attention then turned to the wider medical community and several doctors faced scrutiny and criticism for not detecting the pattern of Shipman's crimes earlier. Several doctors who had indeed signed off on some of the death certificates were even tried by the Medical Council, but were all found to be not guilty. But the families of Shipman's victims were left grappling with a complex mix of grief, betrayal and disbelief, The revelation that their loved ones had been murdered by a trusted doctor inflicted a deep psychological wound. Many struggled with the guilt of having unknowingly entrusted the care of their loved ones to a killer. The legal proceedings, whilst providing some closure, were also a source of immense pain and anger. As families had to confront the brutal reality of their loved one's final moments. The legacy of Harold Shipman is a complex and tragic one. It serves as a stark reminder of the potential for evil in each and every profession, even those dedicated to caring for the community. The pure scale of his suspected murders... A staggering figure exceeding 250 underscores the severity of his betrayal and the depth of his deception. His case continues to be studied by criminologists and psychologists, offering insight into the mind of a serial killer and the conditions that enabled such unprecedented crimes. We touched on earlier how Shipman managed to avoid his penance. Well, that's because Shipman's story reached its final chapter on January the 13th, 2004. He was found dead in his prison cell at Wakefield Prison. He took his own life by hanging himself with bedsheets after forming them into a rope ..and tying them to the bars of his cell windows. His suicide, a single day before his 58th birthday... ..meant that many questions surrounding his motives... ..and the full extent of his crimes remained unanswered. Shipman's death, much like his life... ..left a trail of unresolved mysteries... ..and a legacy of distrust and reform in the UK healthcare system. As we contemplate just how heartbreaking it must have been for those families to lose a loved one to a trusted GP, we must also reflect on the damage done to the character of the thousands of wonderful doctors and nurses that work for the NHS. Their commitment to truly care for a community, as shown through the pandemic should never be tainted by the acts of one evil person. Well, that wraps up Episode 4 of Season 2 of The Deadly Countdown. Next week, we have our midway point. We're already halfway through the season as we hit Episode 5. And we're going to cover the crimes of one Ricardo Levia Munoz Ramirez. Or should we say... Richard Ramirez, otherwise known as the Night Stalker, who, in a crime span that lasted just 14 months, managed to become one of the most recognisable serial killers of all time. But that's for next week. Right now we have one very important thing to do, and that is, for Harold Shipman, the Doctor of Death, let's stop the clock.